Hello, happy day, mother and community. Episode 13 is a powerful episode within itself. Trigger warning alert. In this episode, we put the spotlight on the struggles that surround infant and child loss. We know how difficult this topic is to discuss, but we want to give you full awareness on how raw and real this episode truly is. We are putting resources on our website that have been gifted to us by both David and Catherine. They have found these resources have helped them in their journey, and we would like to share them with you. We had the privilege of having a special guest speaker on the episode today, Dave Corby, who is an incredible father, husband, educator, and just so happens to also be Allie's cousin. I personally would like to send my sincerest apologies to Dave for being unable to make it to the interview. I absolutely hated not being there for it, but I am so thankful to him for bearing his soul for the world in hopes of helping others who may be going through the same difficult situation. I would also like to thank him for being so transparent during the most raw and the absolute hardest interview we've conducted thus far. Dave, you are such a light in this world, and you are bound to change this world for the better, and we are so grateful for you. We hear you, we see you, and we are with you every step of the way. To Dave, Catherine, William, and Alexander, thank you for bravely sharing your story with the world. You have selflessly given a voice to those who cannot speak for themselves. Thank you for being a pillar of strength to those feeling like the weight they carry is blind to those unaware of the pain within their hearts. We will continue to help carry the legacy of Charlie and your entire family to the best of our ability. To Charlie, you've blessed this world beyond a measurable doubt. Although your time earthside was short, your legacy is forever lasting in those around you and within this community. This episode is in loving memory of Charlie Martin Corby, born on October 26, 2021, and forever living in our hearts. All right, so for all of you joining us, um, I'm going to start just by introducing our guest today, which is one of my favorite people and also my cousin. Um, I should ask you before I even go, do you want me to say your first and last name or just say Dave? I can just say, you can say, you can say your first and last name. It's fine. Okay. You can say, whatever. You can put my name like in the notes. But okay. you, can my, you can just call me whatever you call me. Yeah. Well, I call you Dave. I don't know what everyone else calls you. Um, well, it's funny. I have like, I don't know. Again, I have like so many thoughts that I want to tell you about your, I know. <laughs> your podcast too. And the name is, my name is one of them. <laughs> yes. So that's perfect. So anyway, today we have my cousin Dave on and it's a pretty heavy topic today. Um, we're kind of diving into infant loss. Um, they've experienced this personally this past year and we've had a lot of people reach out that have gone through a very similar situation. So I think they'll be really able to connect and it's just a great way to share his story. Um, so you're going to be doing the majority of talking today. Um, I'm just gonna kind of get you started with kind of tell us kind of the main story of what happened. Um, I know that's a loaded question. 
it is a loaded question. Um, yeah, first, thanks for, this is what I wanted to say. Thanks for, no, yeah, thanks for being course. on. No, no, no. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Um, and you just mentioned before that, um, you know, there were some people in your audience that reached out and wanted to hear about this topic and had similar experiences. And um, yeah, so my wife and I never, my wife, whose name is uh, Catherine, um, I call her Cat. Um, so I'll probably refer to her as, as Cat. As do I. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, like anybody else, you never think that this is something that is going to happen to you. Um, and, you know, we are now one of one of those statistics that um, that it has occurred to. And all of a sudden people just start coming out of the woodwork. Like it's, it's crazy. The, the frequency of which this occurs um, and it's, it's incredibly traumatic and it's incredibly heartbreaking and upsetting. Um, and, and so I appreciate the opportunity of being here um, to talk about Charlie. He's, my, my line kind of recently has been, he, he isn't here to share his story. So, so we have to share his story for him. Um, and he's given us so many gifts, um, and sharing his story is, is our thanks to him and is, is another way to, to remember him. So, yeah, so let's see, we, let's see, my wife got pregnant. Um, so this is over, so this is over a year ago. It was uh, 2021. Yeah. So like February ish, January, Mm -hmm. February, February, March, somewhere in there, um, uh, got pregnant. We wanted to have a third child. Uh, we have two, two older boys. Uh, William is five. Uh, he'll be six soon. And Alexander is three. Uh, and so we, you know, we wanted to have a third child and tried and, and we're, you know, luckily lucky to my wife to get pregnant. Um, and so through the whole pregnancy, I mean, there wasn't, I mean, my wife was super concerned. Kat was, you know, Kat was worried. I mean, she was advanced maternal age as they, as they call it, which is just ridiculous um, because she's still incredibly young. Um, so, you know, she was, she was a little nervous at, at first as well, just like, you know, how things would take, how the pregnancy would go. I mean, she's had not, um, not difficult, but, you know, not easy pregnancies. I mean, her first trimesters with morning sickness has been the most difficult for her. Um, that's probably like when it, when it hits her the most, um, just a lot of the nausea, a lot of that in the first trimester, Charlie wasn't any different. Um, and, uh, and, but, but other than that, everything, everything was, was fine. Um, at, at his 20 week appointment, um, so we did, we also did early genetic screening for him, which we did not do for our first two boys. Again, just because we wanted as much information as possible. Yeah. Um, just given, you know, where my wife was. And so we found out early, like we found around 12, 13 weeks that it was a boy uh, and everything again, at that point was healthy. Um, and then at 20 weeks, uh, his, at his like anatomy scan, we learned he had a two- I don't forgive me if I the, the terms my wife is the is the healthcare provider. So. I won't judge you. I won't judge he had, you. Yeah, he had a two he had a two vessel cord. Um, so his umbilical cord. There's usually I think it's two that two vessels that run to the baby and one that runs away. Um, so he had just one coming to him and one running away from him to the placenta. So that wasn't any like 
major issue or major concern. Um, we were worried about like, were there going to be after effects like down the mm-hmm. line or anything? They said, no, like the one thing that they were just wanted to monitor was his growth. Um, and so other than that, I mean, he grew perfectly fine and was good and the boys were excited. Um, I mean, super excited. Alexander is, I mean, especially, um, you know, he's going to get to be a big brother. He's been the little brother, so he's going to get to be a big brother. Yeah. And so it was, uh, it was October. So it was late October. Um, I mean, we know the dates and everything exactly now. So October 25th, it was Monday. Catherine took a, she took a, a wellness day. They get provided um, you know, like a personal day. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just one of the many ironies that that has come up in the story. So she she had the day off. The boys were home. It was um, you know it was the it was the holiday in October, and we were all we were all home. And we took we took a hike. We live south of Cleveland by the national park here, so we took a walk and hike in the national park and um, by by ledges. I think you've been there. Um, yes, great place. Yes, yeah, yeah. So we walked there. And it was just, again, it was just a normal day. Um, the boys were hanging out with Catherine. I was in the garage, you know, doing, doing dad stuff in the garage and, and the boys wanted to feel the baby. Um, so super interactive. So at, at October, so Catherine was at this point, she was 37 weeks. So she yeah. was his due date. Charlie's due date was uh, November 9th. Yeah. Cause um, it was right after a very popular day, which right is after, your birthday and Conway's right birthday. Our, right after ours, my, my birthday yes. buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, William was like four days late. Alexander was right on his due date. So we were like, Ooh, if Charlie's a couple days early, maybe we're going to get a third November 6th birthday. Yeah. I would have taken. So uh, yeah. So we, so the boys wanted to feel the baby. So Catherine laid down in the living room with them. I was out in the garage and I, you know, I was like, hey, I'm going to do some things out in the garage. So they laid down to feel the baby. And I don't know, maybe 15, maybe 10, 15 minutes later, Catherine came out and she was standing at our door. And I mean, again, like everything now is like imprinted in my mind. I'm sure. She was like, she was like, Hey, this guy's, Hey, I can't feel this guy. This guy hasn't moved. I was like, all right. Um, she was like, we've just been laying there for a few minutes. I can't get him to move. And, I, and again, my initial thoughts are always, you know, my initial thoughts are always like, okay, like let's get some more information. Like let's figure yeah. out like Catherine rightfully so is very intuitive. So her, her, her reactions, her responses are quicker. Um, and nine out of 10 times she's accurate. <laughs> um, and that's one of the things I love about her. So yeah. So Kat was there and she's like, I'm going to go lay down upstairs in our bed. Uh, so I grabbed the boys and like brought them outside and She's like, if, if I don't get him to move within the hour, she's like, I'm going to, I'm calling the hospital. Um, so Alexander was, had, had been chill. Like he's still chill. He had been chill in, in, in utero. So like, you know, it wasn't to me again, it wasn't like a, okay, this is like abnormal. Like, okay. Well, and you never know because Conway didn't know. move a lot either. Yeah. Yeah. And William was super active and he's still super active. Right. So like, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. So, so then I don't know, another, I don't know the boys, I got the boys settled a little bit and then I went upstairs and another like 15, 20 minutes had passed. And she's just like, he's not moving. He's not moving. So I like, I was laying there next to him. Like I would lure to her. I was talking to him and, and everything. And, and 
So I was like, well, let me know what you want to do. So I went back downstairs with the boys ready. And then like the next thing I know, Catherine's standing at the door with her, cat's at the door with her bags. She's like, I'm going to the hospital. And I was like, whoa, like, hold on a second. Like, I'm going to go with you because like you could be there. Like, again, yeah, exactly. Don't know what's going on. You can't get them to move. Like, don't know what's going on. So like, again, like flags for her. So Catherine is a clinical, she's a pediatric psychologist. She works in integrated health. She works at the hospital where she delivered here. Um, so she works again, another irony. She works in the NICU. <laughs> she services mm-hmm. parents and children and who have very similar experiences at her past job. She worked in an OBGYN office. She worked with parents with mothers who had lost, who had infant loss and everything and stillbirth. So she's like, all the flags are like going off. Yeah. Her head. So I'm like, all right. So my cousin, my other cousin lives close to us. My, my parents were, my parents were on call to come up. Cat, Kat, Kat's mom was scheduled to come the following week, the week before she was going to stay here the week before. So, so I, so I text my cousin, I'm like, Hey, like I'm taking Kat to the hospital right now. Can I drop the boys off at your house? Yep. Not a problem. Drop the boys off at their house. Texted my, texted my parents and was like, Hey, we're going to the hospital. Like stand by. My parents live about four and a half hours South of here in Kentucky. So they were going to come up before Kat's mom got here if something happened. So we're right in the hospital. And I mean, everything is just like crashing down on like on Kat. She's just like, he's, he, she's like, again, just intuitively. She's like, he's, yeah, he's not alive. He's not alive. He's not alive. And I'm like, we just need to wait. Like, let's wait. So we get to the hospital. Um, I mean, all these things are very, very, very descriptive. I mean, I've written about them. I've reflected on them. So we park in the third floor parking garage. We walk across the crosswalk into the second floor of the hospital and like down the long hallway to L&D. And like, we get in and like, and then again, like, so I'm going to give a disclaimer as well. So anything that I say, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so any, anything I say, it is not a reflection on anybody else. Okay. Any individual that we encountered the the healthcare system that that we're a part of or anything like everybody has been phenomenal. Right. Yeah. And I said this to, and I'll get to this part of the story later, but like I said this to somebody, I was like, everything that I say, the emotions that I feeling are from me, from, from me. Well, and it's your own experience. Yeah. And it's my experience and it's an upset, like angry parent. Right. So like, as anyone would be. Yeah. And even like the Catherine gets on me a lot about this too, but even, even like you hear me laughing a little bit, like the, the, in my mind, I mean, like humor's good, right. Humor's yeah. a coping mechanism as well. And like, it's not a laughable situation, but like sometimes things are like ridiculous beyond the point where I'm just like, you can't help but laugh at them or like, yeah. or again, like just trying to see the positive light of things. And there's yeah. very little positive light here, but like, and again, everybody's experiences their own. And I appreciate you and Natalie, you know, saying that during your episodes, like, you know, this is one person's experience. Right. And I hope exactly. People, yeah. And I hope people get something from this. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's why, that's why we're sharing, we're talking. So, um, so we're standing there at the waiting, the, the desk there. And I, I mean, the, the woman <laughs> checking us in was like, she's everybody just gave us too much information. That's the thing. Like, they're like people just need training and like tact, right? Like how to deal with yes. crisis situations, right? She's she's like, well, just wait here. We're having a change of shift right now. I don't know who's on call, but like she's like giving us all this information and like 
our bloods are just, our blood pressure is just going up and up and up. We're like, we need to get in right now to see if yes. the baby is okay. Like, and we're yes. just standing there. We're just standing there in the waiting room. Again, it could have been like two minutes, but it obviously it feels like, like an hour. Forever. So we get into the triage room. Um, there was a resident that came in. I mean, any, again, any of the physicians, any of the doctors, even the residents, they were, they were wonderful. We're in there. Catherine gets trained. She gets in a gown. They bring out the, the Doppler to just hear the audio and you hear like the, yeah, like it's rubbing on her belly and like, and we're just like waiting fucking room is just quiet. We're like, what we're like, we think we hear something. She's like, I think I hear something there too. And she's like going around and like, I'm like, my palms are sweating right now. Cause I'm like talking about it. Oh, like, yeah. Living this. <laughs> like, I know. And, um, so yeah, so we're not hearing anything. So she's like, well, let me check. She leaves. Catherine's like, you know, she's just, cat's just getting just, you know, like she's staying very calm, like surprisingly. I mean, she's just like, like, he's not okay. He's not okay. He's not okay. So they bring the video Doppler, they bring the video ultrasound in. So in the meantime, Catherine, again, like, and again, I'll get to this part of the story. Like she, so she's, she's a, she, she works there. She's a doctor at the hospital. So yeah. she's, I mean, she's got people's phone numbers. She right knows now. people. She has access, right? She has access. She has privilege to things, which again is, is just another thing around like the equity of this. Like, well, and I'll, I'll talk about that. Cause I want to share about that. So she, so she, she, she calls, she calls her, her OB. She calls her doctor. Wonderful, older Indian man. He's phenomenal. He's, you know, he's 40, 50 years into the profession. <laughs> yeah. He lives at the hospital. She, she, she works with his wife as well. And in, in one of her offices and like, so she calls him and she's like, Hey, we're here. Um, so they bring the, they bring the, the, the monitor in. And again, the resident there, the physician that was there was like wonderful. She gets up on the screen and I'm looking at the screen and like, I mean, it's like point blank. It's clear as day. It's his heart and it's just not moving. And she, she was great. The physician, she was like, she like turned to us and she's like, so, so, so let me tell you what I see. So let me tell you what I'm seeing here. And she was like, his heart's not moving. And, and like, just then, I mean, like Catherine, and I just like lost it. Um, and I was like, what, like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking yeah. About? Well, and like, it's not information you're ready to accept. Yeah. It's not information means. you're expect to, to get or anything. And I'm like, and again, I, you know, I've been through, you know, my, my grief process happened, you know, mostly in males, it happens faster than women and females as well. Like, I went immediately to like, you're looking at the wrong thing. Like, what is that? Is that what you're looking at? Like get something else in here. So in the meantime, in run, like literally runs Catherine's doctor. He's like, he's running in. He's like, his, his shoes are always like half on. Like he what his heels are like pushed his shoes down and everything. We get very, these are like very like intricate details that we like, remember, I mean, like, um, he sits down on the head of the bed and he like pulls his mask down. He's wearing his mask. He's like, I need to take a, I need to take a breather. I ran here. I ran from the other side of the hospital <laughs> and we're like, awesome. Oh my God, thank you. Like, so he like looks at the monitor too. And he's just like, I'm really sorry. Like the baby doesn't have heartbeat. So I mean, Catherine sobbing, 
I'm sobbing. I'm just like, I'm again, I'm like, what, like, why are, is there something we can do? Like, what do you, yeah. everybody's why is no one moving? Around. Why like, is no one moving? moving. Like, that would be moving. my thought. Yeah. Nobody's moving. Nobody's standing around. Like what is going on? Like do something. And I mean, and Catherine, who is a doctor who is very logical and scientific in that sense. I mean, she, I mean, she was like, there's nothing we can do. Like, she's the one who said that to me. And she's like, David, there's nothing we can do. Um, so then things just started going in motion even more. Like I called my mom. Oh my God. I remember my mom's voice. Like I called her and she's like, what's up? And I'm like, mom, he's, I'm like, mom, he's dead. Like he's dead. And she's just like, Oh no, 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 no. And like, and then she like takes a breath. She's like, this is my mom. <laughs> she's like, she's like, okay, what do we need to do? <laughs> what do you need to do? The, the, oh my gosh. Oh my, the funny thing is like in that, I remember when she got the call that her dad passed away, my grandfather passed away. And like, that's the, it's like that, that sound that she made is like the same sound when she heard, knew that her father passed away. And like, then here's Charlie. And like, I just remember it. And so she's just like, okay, okay. Like, <laughs> what do we need to do? I'm like, you need to come up here. The boys are at Jeff's. Yeah. Like, just come up here. We'll, we'll keep you in touch. We'll figure it out. So we, we talked to Kat's mom. Her, her mom lives in New York. She was planning on coming up. So she's like, just let me know what you need to do as well. She's like, the boys are taking care of her right now. So she's like, okay, like, just let me know. Keep me up to date. Like, I'll come over tonight. I'll come over tomorrow. Like, just let me know what you need. So we make plans right there in the triage room. And we're like, we need to get into labor and delivery. I'm like, Again, I'm my whole my whole focus now has been now it shifts to like Catherine. It's like Cat. It's like of course she has to experience this now. I'm like, holy shit! Like yeah. everything that she is about to go through, and she had so William and Alexander were completely spontaneous natural births. When I say my wife is the toughest woman I know, she's the, she's the fucking toughest woman I know. Like. She didn't want any medication for the two boys. Like she didn't like anything. And all, all, all I'm thinking about is like, just get him out. Just I'm like, I'm yeah. like can, you do a, can you do a C-section? Like yeah. don't make her go through this. Like she's going to have to labor and deliver and like really like, no, like just get him out. So they're like, no, the doctor's like, no, like they're giving us all of the um, just the risks and stuff. It's like, well, mm -hmm. C-section, it, it could take longer for the recovery and there's the scarring. And then also like, just, it's an operation. So like, it's, it's another thing that comes with it's risks. It's a very big procedure that I don't think it I is. even realized. So I get that. Yeah. So they are, um, you know, and, th and that's been a little bit of the theme is like the doctors have been talking the, the, the emotional father through, <laughs> through talking the logic of, yeah, through the, you know, through the current research and curve practices are out there. And as much as like, in my mind, I'm like, in my heart, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't agree with this. Like, how do you not know? So, so things are unfolding. Um, we get to the, we get to our room. Catherine is just like, I don't, so they, they're like, you have to deliver him. So Catherine, she is like, I don't want to feel anything. I, I like, give me an epidural, give me everything. Like, I don't want to experience this. I just want to get him out. I just want him yeah. to be with us. Like, get yeah. Out. So 
we had a doula as well. Just ironically, it was my sister Erica's doula for her son Ben. Years oh, I ago, didn't know Ben's, that. Ben's nine. Um, yeah, they lived in Columbus at the time, and then the doula, Sue, her name's Susan. She's wonderful. She moved outside of Philadelphia, so we used to live in Philadelphia. That's where the two older boys were born. We connected with her. Her son now lives in Cleveland, so she comes back over. So she, oh, Catherine, small world. yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, it's again, meant to be right. Things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. So Susan has been on call as well. She's going to drive over, stay with her son, help us do the delivery. Susan, this is, so this is Monday afternoon. So October 25th, this is Monday afternoon. Cat, Cat lit was laying with the boys probably sometime around one and two o'clock. We ended up getting to the hospital probably around four o'clock, three, four o'clock. Charlie's heart. We told, we were told his heart, is no longer stopped like sometime around there between four or five o'clock. Now we're in the, now we're in L and D it's that evening. Cat calls Susan. Susan gets in the car. She's like, I'm coming over there right now. <laughs> so really between that. And so we're just like, I mean, we're real and we're like, what, what happened? Like, what is going on? We don't, you know, you can't tell anything that's happened. They're like, we just have to wait till he comes out to see what's going on. They're like, do you want to run all, do you want to do all the tests? you want an autopsy like to figure out what happened and they're like you need to understand like there's a percentage that like you may never know what happened yeah so Catherine gets the epidural she they take vials and vials of blood <laughs> oh, i'm sure from her to do the test they take the amniotic fluid like they do everything um and now it's just like waiting it's it's just waiting um and you know, we're talking, you know, we're checking in with my parents as they're driving up to get the boys. Um, we're checking in with my cousin, Jeff, who's got the boys. He got them back home, got them to sleep. You know, all the while we're, le- when we left the house, we're like, we're, we're going to the hospital. The baby might, might, yeah. might be home. So, so we're yeah. in Alexander, right. Whole nother side story. They're like, they're excited. They're like, the baby's coming, the baby's coming. Like, you know, you know, William who has a photographic memory, I swear. Um, like you know he was two and a half when alexander was born he, he i mean he remembers stuff from when he was like 18 months it's ridiculous because he could talk at, at 20 months so <laughs> it's gotta be like a first child thing it's his first... the same way no oh, yeah lennon and william are like the same exact oh, yeah. child um so yeah so they're you know they're excited so they're like you know they're waiting here too like what's going on what's happening and then, you know, that's another thought that is going through our mind while we're waiting. We're just like, oh my God, like, what do we tell the boys? How do we tell the boys? Like, what does this mean? Like, and, you know, my initial thoughts were, and it's a very normal thing, especially in the male brain is just like, um, we're just going to get through this. We're going to get through it. Yeah. Like, we're going to have a small, like everything. Like, I'm just like, we're going to have a small funeral. Like, it's just going to be us. Like, we're just going to get through it. Like, we're not gonna like we're not saying anything da, 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 like and i was you know i'm like i i pride myself in in being uh you know a pretty emotional person and in touch with my feminine brain and things like that everything so too but like my initial reaction was just like i like i'm not like we're just gonna push through this yeah so we're waiting and we're waiting as well. And like, then they come in with the epidural and they like induce Catherine and everything. And then there's problems with the epidural, like Catherine's whole, like right side is like just completely numb hurt. She can still feel things on her left side. She's like telling people this, they 
send in a resident anesthesiologist who just like pumps her with more medicine. And, she, and I'm just like, she, it's not getting to her left side. So if you put more in, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just making her right side. more. Yeah. <laughs> her doctor, he's phenomenal. He's checking in. He's like, I'm going to go sleep in the room next door. If anything, I, he's like, I have to run. What a guy. Room. He's like, I got to run home. I got to take my medicine. I'm going to come back. He's like, I'm going to go take a nap in the room next on the bed in the room next door. <laughs> so, um, so then Susan shows up, it's about midnight, 1230. I mean, I'm probably forgetting some of the details in that waiting, but it was just, I mean, that's probably like the thing that describes it the most. It was just, it was like waiting. I mean, and then they're like scenarios are running, you know, they're running through your head. Like, yeah again, like what happened? Like, what did we do? Like, is it something, I mean, Catherine, again, just taking the brunt of it is just like, is it something she did? You know, those things are normal. Like those thoughts are normal. And, 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 and when you're pregnant, that's all you think is like, is anything I did affecting the baby all the yeah. time? That's just how you think. Yeah. I had notes. I'm flipping in notes. Cause I was like, had notes to write down and make sure I like talk about things. Um, so yeah. So, you know, just, I mean, like, crazy thoughts of like, even like, um, you know, the things she ate. Right. I mean, those things yeah. I mean, like we had sex during pregnancy. Did that do something like that? Yeah. Like that, like ridiculous stuff. Right. I so mean, your mind just goes there. It goes, it goes. So, um, so it's 1230. Susan shows up. My parents get to our house. They've got the boys. Um, Catherine's water breaks and yeah, she pushes for not even 20 minutes and Charlie comes out at, um, oh, so the, uh, he comes out at 2.15. So he's born at 2.15 a.m. on October 26th, so Tuesday morning. The anesthesiologist thing was re- resolved with her, with her epidural. Um, they sent in the actual, res- or the actual attending the anesthesiologist and he like just kind of shifted things around and that because she started feeling contractions and she felt them. Yeah. And she, and again, it was just another remote, like she was in tears and she was like, I don't want to feel, I'm getting up. She's like, I don't want to feel anything. I said, I didn't feel anything. I'm feeling this. Like why? And I'm like, I'm like screaming. I'm like, we've been telling you for hours. She can't, she can still feel side of her side of her body. Like, you know, what the hell's going on? So I'm like, get the other guy in here. Like, so they get that all resolved. So she finally like, can't feel anything. And Charlie comes out at two 15. And I mean, the whole room, this is some, this is feedback that I would give to any physicians or, or, you know, OBs that are listening is like, nobody prepared us for how different it would be. Yeah. Like my, so my wife's a clinical psychologist and a lot of, you know, a lot of it is talking, narrating, preparing, Mm -hmm. um, we talked about Dr. Becky prepping kids. Like, yeah. Nobody prepared us. Yeah. That we weren't going to hear him. Yeah. Like we heard William and Alexander and the room is just fucking quiet. It's quiet. Um, everybody's, I mean, the nurse is crying. I mean, there were, I don't know, there were seven or eight people in the room at one point, at one point in the waiting while Catherine was waiting for for to be induced and everything. She's like, she looked at her doctor and everybody else. And she was like, 
you just need to keep me alive now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you're, you need to keep me alive. I have two yeah. boys at home, yeah. two living boys at home. Like you need to just keep me alive. So Charlie comes out and yeah, everybody's like, everybody's like crying. Um, they immediately come up. They, they're like, do you want to do skin to skin? And she's like, yes, like, yes. Um, so he gets on Catherine's chest and like, she and I are just like a wreck. And, um, so what happened was, um, so he had a, he had a knot in his umbilical cord, um, which is called a true knot. Um, apparently there are, you know, the umbilical cord can get looped around and tied and stuff, but his knot was cinched off. Uh, it was probably like a few inches from his belly button. And then from the, from the knot to his belly button was just like complete white. Like there was no blood flow. Um, and then from the knot to his foot, the umbilical cord was wrapped like three or four times around his ankle, around his left ankle. Um, and so actually I think one of the nurses like started to like unravel it and her doctor, who, again, he's just phenomenal. At, at one point too, when Catherine had the, epidural like her blood pressure started dropping and like her face went white and her and again her ob is sitting there and he's like he like stopped he like stopped everything and he's like are you okay and she's like i'm feeling like it. and like he might have saved her life right then i mean he's just been phenomenal so he's like he's he stopped the nurse and he's like no 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 put they need to see this yeah and like it was pretty i mean it was 99 certain like from his look that like he was like this is what happened yeah the umbilical cord got into a knot because that happens sometimes when they're smaller and they're moving around and bouncing around and it got, and so my thing is like the knot necess isn't necessarily the thing that did it because babies can be born with knots and it's fine. Babies can be born with the umbilical cord wrapped around other um, amenities, right? Or yeah. extremities or whatever it is. Like my little sister, Kristen had it around her neck. So my, my thing was the knot happened the umbilical cord got wrapped around his ankle and as he grew it just pulled pulled it just pulled um until monday morning at some time between our hike and that afternoon when Catherine was laying in the living room because we felt him we felt him throughout the night like sunday night into monday morning or like early monday morning or something we felt him um so and then anything that we read about it is like, it usually happens in like early morning hours or something. Hmm. So at some point it, that's where it just stopped um, or it cinched off completely and he had no blood flow. So, I mean, we think, you know, again, you run through so many things in your head. It's like, okay, well, he was with us, you know, like yeah. when it happened or like, was that, that kick we felt early in the morning? Was that like his last kick? Like, oh my God, like you go through all this stuff in your mind. So, I mean, everything from there, they did, an, the hospital did a phenomenal job. They did a phenomenal job. Everything from there, like they had skin to skin. I cut the umbilical cord. Like they, they weighed him. They took his handprints. Um, he's six, he was six pounds, 15 ounces, um, but just was not alive. And um so, yeah, so my sister-in-law's 
twin brother who we went to high school with. He's a priest. I still remember the words from the funeral. Yeah. Yeah. He, or he, he officiated the funeral as well. So Cyril is phenomenal. I mean, I knew him through since high school as well. Yeah. I'm talking to my brother, Ernie. Ernie's like, if you need like call Cyril, like Cyril can be over there. I was talking to the priest at my, I went to a Catholic high school. I've been talking to the priest there. Um, I don't know if it's okay to say names of places. I don't, I'm kind of like, you can, if you want. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can give everybody a shout out. I mean, like I said, this is Charlie's story and like everybody yeah. that's been involved has been phenomenal. So yeah. So the priest at my high school, Gilmore Academy here in Cleveland and was phenomenal as well. Like he was talking to us and was going to come over and baptize Charlie, but he couldn't, he couldn't be there until later. And we didn't know what was going to happen. Like we didn't know how yeah. long we were going to have with him um, in the room. Like we just didn't know. We didn't know what was going to, what was going to happen. So, um, so Cyril came over early, early, like he was the, so he was the first person in with us in the room. It was like 7am. He came over and did a wonderful, just baptism ceremony for Charlie. Um, and then my mom got there and again, my mom's just wonderful. Like the first, like Catherine's holding Charlie, like my mom walked into the room and we're sobbing again. And I'm just like, mom, like this doesn't happen to us. Like this isn't something that happens to us. Like, yeah. Um, and so Catherine cat's like, do you want to hold it? My mom's like, yeah, absolutely. Like without a, without a, without a beat, like just skipping a beat, just like, yep. And so the nice thing was that like, I mean, everybody throughout the day, like he, we didn't set him down throughout the day. Everybody held him. Um, my brother showed up later that morning and I didn't even know he was coming. My mom, like we were talking to one of the other doctors in the, in the, in the, in the room and my mom, like somebody's at the door. I thought it was somebody else. And I walk outside and it's my brother. And I didn't know that he was driving up and I just started crying to him in the hallway. So he came in and he's holding him. Um, you know, he's a little Corby boy. <laughs> uh, and he looked just like William and Alexander. Um, I mean, he really did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, then everybody in the hospital was right. They took his footprints. They did his handprints. I mean, everything that, I mean, another, a team, a group of people. So again, I'll, I mean, I'll stop being like secretive about it. So <laughs> my wife, my wife works at the Cleveland clinic, the hospital's Hillcrest and Mayfield Heights here. And I, I want to specifically, yeah, just give credit to people. This is one of the links I set on, on, I sent you to put up your website is the child life team. That's with the Cleveland clinic. Like they're an under resourced, underrated team. They're essentially a group of people who are, make it, make the hospital stays easy for children. They like, mm. If they go, if a child, if a, if a kid goes into the ER, like my son, Alexander had to get stitches in his head earlier over the summer, he went in there and they, they, they try to make the hospital visit better for kids. So they like bring them to reduce the stress. They bring them books or stickers or they do activities. That's invaluable. That is- yeah. Like they brought like the tools that Alexander got his head stitched with, with like the, like the needle and the thread and the tweezers and everything, and the scissors, like they brought that in for him and they were like explaining to him what's going to happen. And he got to like mess around with them and everything. So like, so that team, so Kat, so again, so Kat works there. So she knows she's like, I need people from the child life team to come here. Yeah. Um, 
the sad ironic thing about it is like, had this happened to another patient, Catherine would be the psychologist <laughs> who would respond. Yeah. And so she's like, nobody's here. I'm not here. Like I would be yeah. the one to see me. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, I need, the, I want the child life team to come in. So they, came, the nurses took fit, footprints of him and handprints of him. They were phenomenal. Then the child life team came in and they did the same thing, like memory making box and everything. Yeah. A real, a close colleague of cat of cats um, is a musical therapist, which is just another like amazing service that the clinic has. She came in and like had her guitar and was like singing and like playing music and everything. Um, and yeah, I mean, we just got to spend, we just got to spend the day with him. Um, yeah. And, and so, you know, I had mentioned earlier, like my initial thought was like, keep things in, we're going to do like, we're just going to get through this, like small, like not make a, not make big waves or anything. And when Cyril um, was there, the priest was there, he in something that he said, like just stuck with Kat and I, and it stuck with us since was he was like, the evil in the world is going to want you to keep this in. And don't, don't keep it in. Talk, share with people, like be there for each other. And so then right from there, Catherine and I were like, we just need to start telling people. Yeah. So we just started telling people. Like I went through my, I went through my phone like one by one and it was just telling people. It was like one celebratory for Charlie. It was two remembering him. It was three, like we didn't want to get months down the line. And like somebody who thought Catherine was pregnant, which it has happened, which that can be something else they're talking about. Like, I mean, you, you might be able to do two parts of this. <laughs> I know. No, you're fine. Um, we didn't want anybody to like ask, you know, like yeah. and put it, be put in that situation, which is yeah. another thing. Like, what do you say? What do you do? Like, how do you respond? Like we've rehearsed, you know, you rehearse things. Like we've been told like we've, you know, like I said, people start coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Our, our neighbor lost their third child who we lived next to for the last year and a half. And we didn't even know until this happened. So our labor, mm. our, our neighbor lost their third child at like 20 some weeks, 24 weeks or 26 weeks. She was born, lived for an hour, and then they, and they have three other girls. Like one of my a close friend I went to high school with lost his son. Like people just start coming out of the woodwork. So like anybody yeah. who has talked to us and been like, you know, have something prepared. You can say to people like because people are going to ask, or you're going to come across somebody who didn't know, or they knew Cat was pregnant and then they didn't know, which has happened. So you know, you say things like. You know, yeah, we have how many kids, you know, how many kids you have? Oh, we have three kids, you know, and you like, then you just wait. <laughs> they have to ask oh, we have, we have yeah. three, you know, They're like, oh, how old? I've resorted to saying, oh, five, three and a newborn, you know, but in 30 years, can a newborn still work, you know, or you just come right out and say it, you know, again, which we have in different scenarios with different people, you say it, you know, you're like, yeah, we lost our third son, Charlie, um, recently. Um, so, um, yeah, so we just started telling people I went through my, I went name by name through my phone, through my phone and just started telling people we had the funeral at my high school at Gilmore Academy. And it was just phenomenal. I, I I'm connected there. I coach sports there, sport, like players of mine came out, families came out. I mean, we had 
at his funeral a week later, I mean, he had over like he had 200 some people at his funeral. Yeah. Like the impact that this little guy has on people and he doesn't even get to experience it is just phenomenal. We found out that Catherine's doctor, the wonderful OB who came running into the room, his daughter lost a child to stillbirth. And so like this hit home for him. I mean, he was like, he had several times throughout our stay there. He had to excuse himself because he was crying. Like, I'm sure. (laughs) And he's still been just phenomenal to this day. So they were at the, he and his wife were at the funeral. Family came up, you know. Um, So, so yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the immediate story, right? The funeral home was for Folio's funeral home here in Cleveland. They've got a couple locations. The one that we went to was in Macedonia. Their funeral director, he had a, again, he had a connection to my high school and like, you know, just was phenomenal. They were wonderful. They took good care of Charlie. Um, we did, we just had a private family viewing and then the closed casket at the funeral. Cause they don't, you know, they don't, do anything to infants really so like they were you know it was that's the kind of our thought was in the hospital yeah how long are we gonna have with him yeah until you know nature takes its course which is just like (laughs) awful awful but he like i said everybody i mean he didn't everybody was with him monday like he got laid out the boys got to see him at the funeral home william and alexander well, that was my next question was, yeah. how have they kind of reacted and how did you tell them? Yeah, so they've been a godsend. <laughs> I mean, people who experience this where it's their first child and we know people who it's been their first child and, it, and sometimes in some cases it's their only child. Because, you know, for whatever reasons, they've had trouble getting pregnant again, which is incredibly horrible and unfortunate. I mean, like just so I can't, that's a whole nother experience, right? Everybody has their own yeah. experience. Right. But the boys were just phenomenal. Um, so the funeral home came and got Charlie that after that evening, early evening. Um, by time I got, by time Kat and I got back home, um, my two sisters were here already as well. Um, so we walked in to the house and the boys were there and, you know, they were excited to see us and, you know, we went right to them and we're just sitting there in the living room and like several minutes went by. And then William asked, William was like, where's the baby? And I mean, Cat was like, he, he died. He, he died. And Alexander, um, Alexander gets it, but again, he, at the time he was, he just, he turned three in December. So the time he was almost three, it was October. So, you know, he kind of got it. Um, William gets it. Um, yeah. And talk to your creepy things kids say episode. <laughs> like I was going to tell this story. Like, I mean, again, it's just like things happen for a reason. And like, mm-hmm. you know, you try to think of these coincidences and stuff. So at some point in August, last August, before Charlie was born, while Kat was still pregnant with Charlie, William, Again, it was like rant. Oh, I was traveling. That's what it was. I was flying for work. I was traveling for work. So I was talking to William about leaving. And like, again, William's like a deep feeling kid. He's like super like intelligent and like observant and like very aware of things. So we're outside and he's like, I'm like, I'm telling him that I'm leaving. And he's like, are you going to 
how did he phrase it? Are you going to leave us? Are you going to leave us or are you going to go away? Oh, no. He said, are we going to lose you? That's what he said. He goes, are we going to lose you? I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? Are, are you going to lose me? He goes, and he talked about grandpa. He goes, like big grandpa. Because he was at grandpa's funeral. He's like, like yeah. big grandpa. Like our great grand, our, our grandfather, Allie and yes. his grandfather. William's great grandfather. And he was like, and I was like, oh, am I going to die on this trip? I was like, well, I, I, I hope not, but I don't think so. Um, you know, the, I'm going to drive on a plane and everything. And he goes, but someday we're going to lose you. And I said, yeah. And then William and I'm outside wherever we were, like I started crying and he started crying and he's like, this was again, while Kat was still pregnant with Charlie. So like short story, like the next week, William started talking about dying. Completely normal, natural thing, right? For yeah. kids to do. Like, what happens when you die? Where do you go? So we're like, you know, we're talking about this, this is what we believe. This is this is what other people believe. You know, we're very inclusive people. <laughs> there, I won't go that route. But so we're talking. We're like, William, and William, this is what we believe. When you get older, like, and if this is what you want to believe, you can believe this. If you want to believe something else, like we talked about the different religions. Yeah. Like, this is what different religions believe, and different people mm-hmm. do. Some people believe nothing happens, right? And so, you know, we start talking about that. So like for a week goes by um, and he's, you know, again, intellectually, he's getting it. He gets, there's parts where he gets emotional and everything. Right. So then, so it's like, almost like, again, like that happened, like it prepared him. Like mentally he was already processing. Like he was like, he knew, like, we didn't have to have that conversation with him already because he already got it. So when Catherine was like, he, Charlie died, William just became very sad. Like he just was like. He like knew what that meant. Yeah. And since then, he's still, I mean, William, again, just William was just phenomenal. I mean, like going through everything that a child would go through of like, well, what happened and where is he now? We had Charlie cremated and he's in an urn right now in our, in our house. So like William is like, we had to explain to him that whole thing. <laughs> so like, um, it, it's, it, you know, the interesting, like next morning, like we, you know, we were like the thing we've, some language that we've adopted from other people and talking is like, what happens when you die is like, you know, your body stops working, you know, or like, you know, well, you get old, like, well, why did great grandpa, why did big grandpa die? Well, cause he got older and his body's going to stop working. So what William's like, it's my body going to stop working. Yeah, bud. Like not for a long, hopefully not for a long time though. So the next morning after Charlie died, we're sitting there at breakfast and William is rehashing it again. And he's like, so, so what happened to Charlie? How did he die? And, Catherine started to give him that line about his body stopped working. He goes, and don't tell me his body stopped working. Like what happened? So I, so Catherine looks to me, <laughs> I'm, I'm an educator. I, so I was an elementary school principal. Like I, I, Catherine does the health stuff in our family. The really good, the, the, that stuff, <laughs> the nurturing health stuff. I do the developmental education stuff. of yes. like explaining yes. things. I do a good yes. job of breaking things down. So I get a piece of paper out and I draw him a picture. So I draw Catherine's belly and I draw Charlie in the belly and I draw his, I'm like, I explained the, the purpose of the umbilical cord and I tie it in a knot and I'm like, and this is what happened. And this is how Charlie breathes when he's in mommy's belly and he couldn't breathe. So he stopped breathing. Um, and again, William just has been phenomenal and gets it. And they talk about Charlie um, again, like, you know, advice to give, like people have said, like, this is goes all the way back to what Cyril said of like, don't, don't keep things in yeah like families we've talked about is like their kid their children that they've lost like are very much part of their lives like 
Well, it's still your child. Yeah. So, and I can talk about like, yeah, like, you know, you talk about parenting, like that's the conversations Kat and I have, or like, how are we going to, how are we going to still be a parent to Charlie? I mean, the boys talk about him. It's incredibly at the same time. I don't think I've ever experienced like this, like intensive emotions at the same multiple emotions at the same time. Like it's like joy and happiness that they're talking about him, but it's incredibly angry and sad and upsetting when they talk about at the same him. Time. This how, Cause this is how you have to talk about him. Yeah. So the boys talk about him. They talk about him in being in his box. They, they, I was going to say, I think when I came to visit Alexander, that was like one of the first things he said when I walked in the door, because me and Conway visiting, they're proud of him. They're like, yeah, they're like, there he is. There he is. This is Charlie, like Alexander, you know, like Alexander in his way, right. He's getting it more now, but at first, you know, again, just incredibly heartbreaking. It was like, he's, you know, he was still like, when's the baby going to, where was like, he, he kept asking where the baby was. Yeah. Baby's still in mommy's belly. And then when we, you know, we we're like, no, he like, he's now in the box and he's dust and he's ashes. And like, you know, then at one point again, like in the last several months, he was like, when's, when's baby Charlie going to come out of his box? Like he can't, he can't come out of his box. William sometimes gets frustrated. He's like, Alexander, he died, buddy. He's not coming out. You know, we're like, William, it's all right. He's, he's, or he's learning. He's, he's trying to understand. Yeah. But they're, I mean, they get, they leave him things. They, they, Alexander shares his dumb, dumb lollipops. With <laughs> they get like, again, one of the very, very first things where Kat and I went. So people gave us plants for Charlie. So we asked people to donate to the child life team at the Cleveland clinic. People gave us plants. Um, people gave us chimes which is just a phenomenal way of remembering. We have our Charlie chimes that actually the previous owners of the house we bought are just wonderful people as well. Um, excuse me. They sent, um, they sent us chimes, like these really nice big chimes and they sit outside on our patio now. And like, so you hear them and we talk to him and you talk to him too. Like the boys, like we'll hear the chimes and they'll say, hi, Charlie. Or like now there's an abundance of cardinals in our yard all of a sudden and like cardinals okay. like did you hear the episode where I was talking about the cardinals? Uh, I think so, yeah, yeah. What I always saying? think it's Pap. Oh yeah. Because yeah, so Natalie had like, one on her porch and I have one in front of my house all the time. It's saying that Catherine's grandfather he has a connection with cardinals. So cardinal right for people to know like cardinals is like and I didn't realize this until Catherine's grandfather, but cardinals are a symbol of people who've passed away. Yeah. So like Again, like Catherine, like we've seen cardinals before, but like we just saw we have a bird feeder out there, and now like there were there was a woman, there was a female and a male cardinal sitting at the bird feeder this morning. All three of us mm-hmm. were sitting out on our covered porch, and like there they were. So like you know like those things like and now but there's we see cardinals every day, like multiple times a day now. And the chimes are nice, so like I'll walk, you know I'll let our dog out, and again it's nice because I could be, you know in distracted with something with work or thinking of the boys or something and i'll let stout out and i'll clip him and i'll walk back in and then like the chimes will go off yeah and i'll like it'll be just again another thing that's appreciative charlie of like so hey slow down dad i'm here like yeah you know and you say you say hi charlie one of the first early things so cat so people got us plants cat and i went and we took alexander to because william was in school we took alexander to uh a um 
like a garden center we're getting pots and stuff for like some of the plants or the trees that people got us and Catherine and I were looking at pots and stuff and Alexander comes walking up with three water buckets whatever you call them like watering flower cans pot. flower pots yeah watering cans oh, okay flowering watering cans and he's like this one's for William this one's for me and this one's for baby Charlie and it was like a day two days after his funeral yeah two days like he like he just died the week before and like alexander sweetness of him like is like thinking of his little brother like i mean and i can go on and on with like stories and like examples of that but they talk about him they talk about him. we have pictures of him up Uh, model trains are a big thing in our family like my dad my dad's thing is giving every time a there's going to be 12 of them now there's grandkids every time a grandkid is born he gives the grandkid a train engine so charlie has his charlie has his train engine here yeah <laughs> um so and i mean as far as you and cat go kind of like how have you guys supported each other and kind of like in what ways do you find comfort like for each other and really just supporting because again the the thing i always think of is from your funeral when he said it was an impossible task mm. Um, that just stuck with me so much. Um, and just kind of how to support each other through it. Yeah. So unfortunately, like we're blessed for that. Um, I mean, like I said, I I talk about Catherine being the toughest one. I talk about her like saving my life. Like, (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. She's kind of a badass. She is. Yeah. She is. She is. It's like call, talk about marrying up, you know, like, um, no, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, again, like we've heard stories where this has happened to people and it's gone completely the other way. Like people get divorces because of this. And really like, common. It's common. And, or like family members, like people who are your friends, like who can't, who don't know how to deal with it or don't know how to navigate it. Like you become distant from those people even like close family members like parents you know like grandparents can't navigate this or manage it and like we've we've known couples where their relationship with their own parents is strained now i mean Catherine and i thankfully and blessed have gone completely the opposite way i mean like this has just made her and i stronger together yeah um and i mean again like i mean my thing was like everything she had to go through afterwards like yeah we got the easy we got the easy way out yeah you know um i mean you know i mean like all the postpartum stuff yeah i mean like her milk letting down i mean like very like and then her body like adjusting and like i mean whereas again like so the right like and it's not, and it's not like, and Catherine and I talked, and Catherine and I in therapy as well. We were referred to a wonderful therapist for grieving and we go. I think of therapy as the same thing as like going to the dentist or going to the eye doctor. Like yeah. it's a, it's a checkup. Like yeah. your, your brain is an organ and it needs, it needs to be checked in on. And so like Catherine and I do that and, and but like every, I mean, I, so like, and it's not to say like one way is better than the other or way one way is right or wrong or anything. It's just different, right? Like 
And I, and as, and for husbands who are listening or, or spouses who are listening, the, the, the spouses who didn't have the baby, like you have to understand that, like, like they're the person, the one who had the baby is like, has a, a reminder of this. And like, it took cat went through such a longer grief process than I did. And again, that yeah. part of that is like the male brain. We move things through, through things quicker you know, again, I went through those, like the processes of grief, but I went through them much quicker, but it was, it's been months. I mean, Catherine's still, um, and you're, and grieving is like, and what we've learned too, is like grieving, like doesn't end. Like no. we're, still, we're still grieving Charlie and we will forever grieve Charlie. I mean, like yeah. the, thing, the things we also talk about are like in 30 years, like the boys pictures, like their, their class pictures are going to be sitting there each year. They're going to get bigger. And Charlie's is just gonna, he's just gonna, be him like he's a baby yeah. there was a there was a wonderful organization that came into the hospital that took pictures of him that woman was great she was an older woman she came in she sets her bag down and she's like and cat appreciates this just the directness she just sets her bag down and she goes she looks at cat she goes this fucking sucks and Catherine I, was like and cat was like thank you Thank you for that. I where Instead were of we? around it, like thank you for that. Pap's funeral. I think we we're at Pap's funeral, and somebody came in and said that to me, and I because you never know what to say, and somebody said that to me. I was having a pretty hard time, and I was like, "Thank you so much," because that's all I was thinking. And everyone just comes and they're like, "I'm sorry, I'm so sorry," but like just hearing that from someone else, you're just like, "It does, it does." Like, I there's no other better way to sum it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so everything, I mean, like, I mean, my focus was on her, right. My focus on cat was just like, how are you doing? You know, we were, again, we were told like each other are going to recognize, like I would, like if, if she changed, if something changes, like she, like I would recognize it in her. So I like, they're like, yeah, David, David, you need to tell her, Catherine, you need to be open for this. Same thing. Like David, if your behavior changes, like Catherine, you need to tell him this and David, you need to be open to hear it. Um, I mean, but I mean, the, again, the boys being a godsend, I mean, like, cat, like, she, she could have just stayed in bed. Like, she could have, this could have just impacted her differently, or she could have allowed it to impact her differently. And again, like, if you need to do that, go ahead and do that. Like, that, like, communicate, I would just say, like, just communicate that to your spouse, right? Like, just communicate that to the, to your support network around, like, this is, this is what I need. But cat, like, yeah. she's a doer and she, is a nurturer and she is an incredibly compassionate person. So she, the next day was up with the boys, like getting them ready and helping. And like, you know, like, because for her again, like the routine for William and Alexander was as important as well. Like, because they're going like, it's tragic. It's a tragedy for them. You know, they're going through this. So. Yeah. Well, now might be a good time because she wrote to me. Oh, yeah, knew, yeah, yeah. obviously that you were doing this um so this is this is direct from cat um and i just said say whatever you want to say it can be just to general audience or to dave um so this is from her parenting after loss is challenging mothering is not just about meeting our children's needs it's about meeting our needs so that we give them what they need i have found my communicating my needs with my partner, spending time with my living children, honoring and parenting Charlie, reading, connecting to other families who've experienced infant loss, 
journaling, caring for my marriage, reaching out to others for support, and sharing our experience with others to be the most helpful for me on this journey. Stillbirth has forever changed me as a mother. I don't take for granted their breaths, heartbeats, laughs, or cries. Hold them, hear them, love them, see them, and allow them to do the same to you. I literally thought of this last night because I read it yesterday and I had caught away in bed with me and I was just like listening to them breathe and I wanted to crack. I'll probably cry at the end of this and you'll know why. Yeah. Father's grieve too. My David fixes problems. He protects us. He couldn't fix or protect Charlie and that made no sense to him. As a result, he felt and continues to feel anger and sadness. He was devastated to see and hear my physical and emotional pain after delivering our son. He continues to cope by taking care of me and our boys, training for a marathon, mm-hmm. building Charlie a chest, joining a local children's memorial and staying busy. He also writes letters to Charlie. And when he reads them to me, he parents Charlie in a way that we will never otherwise have the chance to. This I'll probably cry. David, you may recall a trip to the valley years ago, which is where I live and our grandparents live. We were newly engaged in visiting your grandparents. As we were saying goodbye, they looked at both of us and told us we need to be a team. And it's funny because that is the one piece of advice I always remember from them. Yeah. I know they are looking down on us today, holding Charlie and saying, that's a great team, Lena. We did good. You are the love. You are the love of my life. I am forever grateful for what all of our boys taught us about parenting. But I am mostly grateful to have you as my partner through it all. They wouldn't be in my heart without you. Thank you for encouraging us to be open to sharing our loss and letting our family, friends, and colleagues into our most precious, vulnerable world. You are my steadfast support, patience in the chaos, and my calm. Thank you for Mm. holding, listening, and loving me. Kat. I know. She really (laughs) is. And now we're both crying. Uh, But she really is the most amazing mom. Um, And I'm, if you want to read one of your letters, you can, you don't have to. I know he had mentioned it before. Yeah, I do. I mean, you can see how they fit in. I I do. I want to read. Because this one does, this is the first one I wrote him. So it kind of talks about her. Yeah. And it, and, and this is parenting, but I also know it's like, you know, it's a mother and the modern mother. And so like, yeah. I want to make sure that like, oh my gosh, I'm, I talk about Kat, but uh, yeah, she's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, we would, I think, I think grandpa would say that even, yeah, that was the first one in the first visit, but I think he would say that, I mean, he would say that frequently about be a team, be a team. You know, oh, I, mean, they I were, got it drilled into my head at all times. Takes two. Yeah. Takes two. Takes two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's the, and like I said, unfortunately, like it, 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 it can go the wrong way for people. Yeah. And I mean that I would just like what she said, like communicate and talk and for the, you know, for the people who are not good at like expressing emotions or anything like figure it out. And I think that's the majority (laughs) of people. I think that's really the majority. Like figure it out. Like, like there's one thing to like know yourself, which is important. Like you need to know yourself. 
before you can like know other people and like you really need to like get to know yourself but it's one thing to say like oh i i know myself like i don't show emotion or or i'm arrogant and and but that's not okay like yeah. that's a, that's you have to know yourself to understand your faults and then know yourself to like do something about it like if i'm if i'm overconfident and i and i it's, it can be perceived as arrogant and I need to recognize that and temper that a bit, right? Like yeah. if I, if I'm a person who, and this is something that Catherine has helped me with, right? If I'm a person who doesn't, isn't the best at like showing emotions, cause I'm not initially like my initial go-to is shut down, quiet, defensive, like, and Catherine has even told, wow, we must be related. <laughs> right? Like, and Catherine has said this to, to Kristen, my little sister, they joke about it. They're like, Oh yeah, David, like just give David 20 minutes and he'll come back around and like, he'll apologize or he'll yeah. like get it because like, he'll get over himself and over his emotions. But like, well, like there are people who never do that. Right. Yeah. So yeah, here's, this is a good time. Yeah. Here's, here's Charlie's, this is Charlie's first letter. So these, so the letters I started writing William and I say this in here, I started writing William letters when actually William was, when Catherine was still pregnant with William and I was writing them for like milestones. So like the first letter I wrote, I was going to give to William when he turned 18 or like graduated high school or something like that. Right. So like, I thought it'd be cool. Like I was writing this when you were still, when mom was still pregnant with you. Right. So yeah. I wrote William letters and then I wrote Alexander letters. Um, and I'm a writer too. Like I journal, I process, like I, I'm creative in that sense. The other thing I can share too is a children's book I wrote about Catherine. Cause again, it's celebrating her as moms. For it's the- going to get published. We're making yeah. it happen. <laughs> and like I said, I'll read it and you can use it, use it if you want. Um, so this is Charlie's letter. So this is, this is written on December 15th. So, right. So Charlie, Charlie was born on October 26th, 2021. So this was December 15th. So it's dear Charlie. It's been seven weeks since you passed and we miss you terribly. I am sorry I have not written you sooner. I wrote your brothers their letters when they were born. Mom asked if I was going to write one to you. I just couldn't find it in myself to do it before. Christmas is two weeks away. You would already be a month old, getting your picture taken with the stuffed draft from Mima and the one month sticker on your shirt. We received your Christmas stocking today, which is what prompted me to write your letter now. The boys were so excited to hang it on the fireplace mantle for you. It felt like you were here with us. They are proud big brothers and do a phenomenal job at taking care of you and including you. It's hard to believe more than a month has already passed. At times, it feels like this never happened. Like it is all some sick, twisted dream. Like I never felt your kicks in mom's belly, never heard your heartbeat in the doctor's office, never got to hold you and touch your little hands and feet, that the boys weren't so excited to meet their little brother that you were never actually here for a moment until you really weren't. Mom and I replay that day over and over in our heads, the incredible weight of the silence in the hospital room, everyone holding their breath to hear your heartbeat, the image on the ultrasound of your still heart. Were they using it correctly? Was the machine broken? I didn't quite understand why no one was moving, why no one was trying to save you, to get you out, to give you back the life that was taken from you. We were in a hospital, That is what they do in hospitals, run like hell to save someone, no? Nothing could be done, they said. The definition of an accident, they told us. I didn't believe them, still don't believe them. How could they not see what was happening to you? How could they not know? We were in shock. We're still in shock. 
I tell mom, you were so excited to meet your two older brothers that you just got yourself so tangled up. It helps, if just for the moment. She's an amazing woman, your mother. I used to joke that she's the toughest person I know. Your two brothers were completely natural, spontaneous births. Now it's an absolute fact that she's the toughest person I know. What she had to experience that day to get you to us. Everything she has endured since. Everything she is and will continue to go through. All without you. And still she wakes up every morning, gets out of bed, showers, sees your brothers off to school, engages with the world you will never know, cares for her patients that could experience something very similar to our loss of you. Another sick irony. We find some comfort knowing you were with her and your brothers when you passed. They wanted to feel you move that Monday, all four of you lying there on the floor in the living room snuggled together, the boy's hands and ears pressed against mom's belly. All of that excitement slowly turning to fear as they struggled to feel you move. You were so close to being with us. For me, the hardest part of the day is dinner. The dining room seems so quiet, the table so large and empty. Before mom was pregnant with you, when there was only four of us, I used to tell her it felt like someone was missing. Now there really is someone missing. Missing all the joy and wonder your childhood would bring. Your first sounds, your first steps, your first words, your first soft ice, serve ice cream, mom's favorite. Your first day of school, your first report card, your first crush, your first car. You'll miss warm baths and bedtime stories. You'll miss the fresh smells of spring and mom having you stick your nose into a flower. You'll miss the smell of fresh cut grass and the way our driveway smells after a hot rain. You'll miss the clean, crisp smell of a cold winter morning and running full speed into a white blanket of freshly fallen snow. You'll miss the bright colors of leaves in the fall and taking that first big jump into a pile of them. You'll miss wrestling in the basement with your brothers and me. You'll miss your friends and your cousins, your aunts and your uncles. You'll miss your grandparents, your own children, and their children. It's not fair. I started writing these letters to William in the hopes to give him a bit of advice in his life and to let him know how much your mother and I love him. I continued with Alexander. I guess I'm looking to you for advice and strength now. I've already learned an incredible amount from you, how to love more, how to grieve, how to not keep my emotions and feelings hidden, how to live more in the present. Thank you for all that you are to us. Thank you for making this ultimate sacrifice so you can watch over us. You've changed our lives in ways you will never know, and we are forever grateful to you for that. Wherever you are and whatever you are doing, know that you are loved and missed more than anything. Love, Dad. And tissues being <laughs> I actually had a box for today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I um, think that's amazing. No, I just appreciate being able to talk to him or talk about him. I mean, that's, we had, so the, the, the other, the group that are the, that I, that I joined was, this is one of the other resources that I put that gave you put on the site is the book's called the, the Christmas box. And again, like just those small, like coincidences and connections. So the story is for those people who know the story, the story is about a, a, a family, a husband and a wife and their daughters that they, they moved to Salt Lake city and they, they live with uh, a widow, an older woman. She lost her husband and you come to find out that um, she lost a child as well. And it's the story of like how he kind of learns to 
learn the, the the husband learns about that and then he also kind of like learns to appreciate his his children but in the story there's a the the where the where the child is buried is an angel statue do you know the story Allie? Do you know just from you yeah so there's an angel statue um in this the book was written back in the early 90s and so the mother goes to the angel statue the widow goes to the angel statue and like grieves her child so people like once it the it, it blew up right like the book was like huge like in the 90s and like um it still is pretty big um and so people would ask the author like well where's that angel statue and apparently there was like at some point i think in the history of salt lake city there was one but it got ruined or something so the author he commissioned this angel statue to be built so it's called the christmas box angel um and now there's like upwards of 140 of them around the country. There's a couple that are international now because people um, commissioned to have replicas built. And we learned that there is one 10 minutes down the road from our house. And the kind of the director of the committee or the chair of the committee lives in the neighborhood next to us and his kids go to our school. His One of his sons is in William's grade, is in kindergarten. <laughs> so like we learned about this and it's 10 minutes from our it's in a, it's in a children's cemetery that's there. So we went to a candlelight there in December. There's a, it's, there's like an international day of remembrance for children in December. It's a candle lighting ceremony. Um, so we went to that and then, um, William's school where he goes to school. I mean, they've been wonderful to his teachers and his, their principal there and their guidance counselor there have been amazing support for him and us they donated a brick. So they, around the Chris, around the angel statue, there's bricks donated. So we had a brick ceremony a few weeks ago for Charlie. So, I mean, I just said, again, I'm saying all this, like there's ways to like parent him. I mean, what Kat said in her letter, like you find ways to continue to be a parent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Catherine's again, this is um, very object, objective, just being angry. Catherine. <laughs> Catherine's benefits were great. She got maternity leave still as well. Like this was, it was great. Right. And she would have had 12 full weeks, but that was broken down to um, eight weeks of maternity leave and four weeks of paternity leave. And so she got the eight weeks, but they took the four weeks away from her because she wasn't a parent. They said like, like the policy or the law or something, like if you lose a child, if you have stillbirth, like, like, so I don't know, anybody, anybody who are policymakers, you need to hear this too, or listen to this yes. too. Like, like, I remember her telling me that when I was up there and I was like, what? And, and the way that it was communicated with, and they apologize sincerely yeah. as well, but like the way it was initially communicated to her was like, well, you're not a parent. It was like, or it was like interpretative, like, well, your baby died. So you're not technically a parent. So you don't get those additional four weeks. And she was like, what? Like, I was like furious too. I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I, is there other things you want to, I mean, I have, I think I have like one or two other things just to say or share. Or- I mean, I think I went through the majority of what I wanted to ask kind of supporting each other, the kids, you kind of ways to parent and you've talked, I mean, about like what you tell people, but I mean, I think the only other thing was like, other than specifically losing him, which was, I mean, clearly the hardest part, what was the most challenging thing for the two of you or even as a family? Um, 
I mean, for Catherine and I to go again, like this was our experience and I, and uh, I mean, I feel for it for people who, who do struggle like for Catherine and I, like, like I said, this just made her and I stronger together, like, and our family yeah. stronger. Um, I think it also, I mean, there are just, there's, it's just interesting. Like I said before, like he's touched. So Charlie has touched so many people that like, he made the ultimate sacrifice because like, there are so, it's just weird to think like, there's been so many benefits, you know, like, and I, maybe that's just my way of looking at things positively. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I see that like he, he has real, like, it has been so thankful. I mean, he has like blessed us in so many ways of like, I mean, like the boys talk about him and like, I think it grounds, it will, I think it will eventually ground them. I mean, we've met, we've met siblings of, of, of kids who've passed away. And like, they're some of the most grounded kids that I've met you know like there's a family from my high school who we got connected to that the the couple lost their first child and they went on to have three boys and they're in high school now and they go to my school and like I've interacted with them as a coach and everything and they're like they're just some of the most remarkable kids that I've met you know so yeah. like again I mean and then so I mean the challenge is just you wake up and your child is not here. I mean, like, yeah, I don't think absence. I mean, you, you said like, yeah, I mean, I, I think you said like other than losing him, but I think that is just, that is it, you know, like, yeah, there's, there's, there are resources out there, right. There's other people, like you said, people start coming out of the woodwork. Um, my, my challenging thing too. And again, this is more of like our, I was going to say this, I don't want to share this. Like my, you know, my wife and I are like very kind of, we're very mission driven, equity minded people. Like, so my older sister, Erica is Charlie's godmother. She's also, she works in healthcare as well. So she, she's in the process of kind of, and she's like in healthcare administration and stuff. So she's in the process of looking into like a foundation to set up for, for Charlie or something in his name and everything. And like where, where my wife and I, where Kat and I continue to land is like, we have resources. We're yeah. privileged. Like we, like yeah. we have a support network. Like cat, like cat worked at, like we met with the chief of staff of the Cleveland clinic, like yeah. the woman who reports to the CEO, like his like right hand person. Like we had the opportunity because Catherine is works in the Cleveland clinic system to meet with this person and yeah. tell our story and like yeah. try to influence things or something. And like, and like, you know, again, cat sees it and I see it like, I mean, my work in education is largely in underserved communities. And like, there are people who, there are women, there are people who have babies and then like, don't have anything, like don't yeah. have the resources that we have and couldn't get a meeting with, couldn't walk in off the street and get a meeting with the chief of staff of the Cleveland clinic, like one of the largest healthcare yeah. systems in our country. Right. Like, yeah. So like the found, I don't know what, like where we're leaning with the foundation is like providing support and resources, probably financial resources to 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 women who who need that who like again like we we were blessed with the funeral home like the funeral home didn't charge us anything you know like yeah I, like we were like would you imagine like if like we picked a different funeral home or like again if somebody doesn't have the resource like we were referred to this funeral home but like yeah. somebody who doesn't have those resources now having to like pay money out of pocket to bury their child or like a woman yeah. who's just in the hospital whose mother and, and father didn't drive up to take care of their kids or who's returning yeah. home to like, sell, like, so there was just a big thing of like inequity that we also saw that existed. So 
I think we want to show something, like do something around that. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've also like, you and I've talked about the children's work I've written about like publishing, like the, I have, I mean, I've written already um, two, four, six, eight, 12 letters to Charlie. So like, if it's helpful, like I would, I also like down the line, like maybe want to try to share these as well. Like, no, I think that'd be great. And you heard, like, I think you heard him say a couple of times about the resources he sent me. I had him and Kat kind of put together a list of things that they found helpful and things like that. And I'm going to list. Who did you say? He? he? You. You're oh, me. me. Oh, you're talking to. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just, in general. <laughs> um, I'm going to list them all on our site with this episode. Um, I forgot we were talking to other people. Yeah, too. <laughs> I know other people will eventually be hearing this. Um, <laughs> so there will be a list of resources. And if something once we do get things together with the foundation of what comes of it, yeah. obviously we'll share that too. I've actually already talked to Erica um, about things before this. So um, we're always scheming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want, I mean, um, let me talk. I'll give you, let me talk to Catherine. I'll give you my email address yeah. once I talk with her because I, I, yeah, I mean, people can, I mean, we, the the biggest thing that we felt was like when we were able to meet people and get connected to people who had the similar experience. Cause it was like, yeah, okay, we're not alone. And that's a yeah. huge thing of just, you know, humanity, right? Like it's just like finding people who have your similar experience that you can connect yeah. and those connections were great for people to sit like that couple, the couple we first met two days after Charlie died, we met with them at a coffee shop. And I just remember the husband being like, again, like, like, he's like, oh, I was fucking pissed. Like, he's like, and I mean, this was 18 years ago where they lost their first son. Like, you could still feel the emotion that both of them felt. I'm sure. I'm sure. But being able to connect with someone, shoot, that's why we even started this podcast. Yeah. Because as moms or parents in general, just, it's something you don't ex- know until you experience it. Yeah. I mean, that's with so many things, but specifically this topic too today. I mean, is, go ahead. Oh, so let me, let me read the story. The story Cause again, yeah, this is, that's what I was going to ask I'm you. Going also, I'm going also with just the celebration of moms too. Like, no, just, I think that'd be you know, great. And this is, and this, so this was written. I had the thought of writing this. Um, I have nothing published. I was a creative writer, like through high school and college. And I wanted to be a writer and then I switched to education so, you know, everybody has like those books that in their, in their drawer somewhere, but I wrote this, I started, I had the thought of this when Catherine, after Alexander was born, when Kat was nursing him at like three in the morning, you know, we were get up, I got, I'd get up, our, our system was, I'd get up, I'd change the baby, I'd change Alexander William, I would change them and then hand them over to, yes to Kat. So like I would, and then I'd sit up or I'd be up or I couldn't get back to sleep or something. So so I, I was looking at Kat while she was nursing Alexander, like a few months after he was born. And I was like, oh my gosh. So this was, so this, the, the, the projected title is called Supermom. Um, so, and the synopsis, just to give people an images, it's a, um, let me, let me, let me just like read it directly to you. I'm testing this out to see how I, my, my hey, Corey. We're letter, a really you know, good audience. To my Corey. <laughs> So it's okay. Mama, mommy, mom, mother, madre, matka, mat, mor, am, moder, muter, 
There are many names we call the most important and amazing person in a child's life. A school project leads a young boy to observe all the extraordinary things his mother does and discover her secret identity. Love it. So this is from, yeah, so this is from the son's point of view. Picture him in elementary school. So he gets a homework assignment. Homework. What do you want to be when you grow up? Three-minute presentation with visuals. Do Friday. Mrs. Hoffman writes this assignment on the board. What do you want to be? What do you want to be? What do, what do I want to be? On the, on the playground, my friends know exactly what they want to be. Chloe says she wants to be an architect. Isaiah wants to be a veterinarian. Ava wants to be a professional athlete. Zeki says he wants to be an engineer. What do you want to be, Christopher? They all ask. I, I, I don't know. Hey, Christopher, your mom's here. My mom is standing by the, the gate of the playground. Her white coat blows in the wind. On the drive home, I tell her about the assignment. I can be anything or do anything in the whole world. What do I want to be? A firefighter, running into burning buildings, climbing ladders, spraying out the fire? A chef, owning restaurants, chopping and dicing, creating delicious dishes? A police officer, serving my community, patrolling in a cruiser, blasting sirens? An astronaut, soaring through the stars, floating in space, discovering new planets? A scientist, researching, analyzing, transforming the world? Whatever you'll be, Christopher, you'll be great at it. My mom says, beaming at me. We arrive home and head inside. There's crying and the smell of something burning coming from the kitchen. Dad is standing in the middle of the room holding Amelia. He is covered in food and spit up. What's going on in here? Mom asks. Amelia keeps crying, loud, shrieking baby cries. Make her stop, Mom. I cover my ears. Mom scoops my sister into her arms. The crying immediately stops. Dinner, dinner will be ready in 10 minutes, mom declares, gliding around the kitchen. You two go clean up. Her white coat flutters behind her. I look at dad. He shrugs before slinking out of the kitchen. The next day at school, everyone is talking about the assignment. I could design the most beautiful building, says Chloe. I really love animals, says Isaiah. I'm the fastest runner in the class, says Ava. You need to be really good at math to be an engineer, says Zeki. What about you, Christopher? Have you decided what you want to be yet? No, I mumble, heading to line up early. On the walk home, a group of older kids start chasing Zeki and me. We're going to get you, they yell. We round the corner to my house. I see a white blur. All of a sudden, there's mom. She's standing with her arms crossed, white coat billowing in the breeze. Where did she come from? You boys okay? She asks with a concerned look. When I turn around, the older kids are gone. Let's walk Zeki home and get ready for dinner, she says, taking our hands. Later that night, I sit in my room, considering the assignment. What do I want to be? What do I want to be? I lean back in my chair and look around my room. Hanging on the wall above my bed is a poster of superheroes, the Avengers, Iron Man, Black Widow, Captain America, Captain Marvel. Next to it is another. There's one with Wonder Woman, Batman, Catwoman, and Superman. They are standing together, arms locked, capes flying in the wind. An image enters my mind. It's a flash of white, a cape in the breeze. A cape in the breeze? I think about mom. Yesterday, my sister was crying and dad couldn't get her to stop. There was mom. She made my sister stop by just holding her. I think more. Last week, I was flying around the living room like an airplane. We had a crash landing. It hurt so bad, I started to cry. 
Mom showed up out of nowhere. She bent down and kissed my knee. It didn't hurt anymore. Another time, earlier this year at the parent-student kickball game, Mom kicked the ball over the school and won the game. She said it must have been the wind. And today, those kids were chasing us. Mom showed up out of nowhere again. The way she was staring at those kids, when I turned around, they were gone. And she made them disappear? I think about this more. Special touch, magical kisses, super strength, appearing out of nowhere. What if? No, that's impossible. I shake my head. I look back at the posters. Could it be? I make a list based on all the superheroes I know. What makes a superhero super? Secret identity. She's a doctor all day long, and then she comes home and takes care of us, helping others. She cures people and is always there when I need her. Special powers. My sister stopped crying. My knee doesn't hurt. Those kids disappeared. Courage. She isn't afraid of the dark. She goes to the basement alone. Amazing strength. She's the toughest girl I know. I don't think we ever found that kickball. I look at my list and imagine my mom, her white coat waving in the wind. A cape? My mom? A superhero? I stay up half the night to finish my project. What do I want to be when I grow up? A firefighter? A chef? A police officer? An astronaut? A scientist? The next day at school, it's my turn to present. Mrs. Hoffman asks, Mrs. Hoffman asks what I want to be when I grow up. I say, my mom. I love it. Right? Is it so it's going to get out of the room. I'm it's biased. Good. I, think I think it's, it's good. amazing. Is there anybody out there that are literary agents listening? Reach out to Dave <laughs> or us and we'll put you in touch with Dave. Because I would buy it. For, I've been trying for three years. It's going to happen. We're putting it out in the universe and all manifest it. It's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, just uh, another blessing it. from it's another blessing from charlie that's, that's right I, that's right i see it uh well let me first say thank you for coming on here because i feel like especially this story will connect with so many people like i said we had people reach out before about infant loss and ask if we were doing anything about it or talking about it um and especially hearing it from a dad and a spouse's perspective mm. um we heard a little bit from cat um but it's a lot of people just think about usually the mom, um, especially with that. Right, rightfully so. <laughs> rightfully so. Rightfully so. Um, but it's really good to just hear a different perspective too. Um, is there anything you want to say? Again, we'll put all the resources up there, but is there anything you want to say to anyone going through this similar experience? I mean, I think Kat said it best, just, um, in her letter like she just talked about just just love like mm-hmm. <laughs> but like again like you know it's turning into a cliche it's like oh look at all the crazy shit that's going on in our world today but it's like where did yeah. people miss or where did people lose just being compassionate to people <laughs> yeah and just loving people and like I think yeah. that is also something that like Charlie has given us is just we have we have more love now and so I would just tell people to like open your hearts and and be open to that and 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 help each other out you know like if you're if you're a person who's struggling with like keeping things inside like try to figure it out um you know if you're going through a tough time with your spouse or your partner because of something like this like you gotta like really try to figure it out for each other um and for the and for and for the baby for Charlie like Kat and I like talk about the same thing it's like you know, when you're a parent, like your kids are your world. And it's like, we're doing this for Charlie as much as for William and Alexander, you know, like, 
Yeah. I appreciate what you're doing, Allie. I appreciate Natalie. She's not here today, but I listen, I listen every week. Cause I'm a, you know, as a parent, there's I always look are, for notes. For I mean, as, yeah, as a parent, there's <laughs> things that are super relatable. I mean, and I'm all, I'm like a work at home dad as well. Like I have a blend yeah. too. Right. So like I get, and I, 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 I pride myself. Like I'm a modern day man. I, I cook, I clean, I, I do, the, I do the yard work. Like my wife and I have a good balance. We, we, yeah. we, we, we have a really good, really good team effort here. Going. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Larry. On that note, we're leaving that with Larry and Lena. <laughs> Lena it, takes Larry and Lena. <laughs> it takes two. It takes two. All right. right. Thanks, good seeing you. We'll you see too. you soon. I'll see right? you in a couple weeks. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Love you, Dave. Love you.